0: When you can buy, <laughs> or maybe somebody will give me some cookies that I can eat, and I can say, "Hey, it's my homemade cookies! You're not getting any because I'm gonna eat them myself." <laughs> <laughs> Here's some store-bought ones, though. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of work a lot of times, but it's a lot of fun too. You know, I love the house. You know, we come in. I don't. I said it's a lot of work putting up the tree, and you know, I know they put a lot of work into decorating the church. I know, the ladies know how much work's involved. Maybe the guys do. But uh, generally, the, the, we know because it's a lot of work. Making everything look nice. Women do most of the shopping. Sometimes you grab your husband and yank him through the stores trying to find something. I'm, I'm glad we don't shop. It's, it's so much easier now the kids are older, just write them a check. It's a lot easier, a lot less stress except for my husband's dad who we have to buy stuff for because he don't need anything, you know? So he, we spend a lot of time trying to get him something, and I sit there going, so how about this for your dad? No, how about this? How about this? Well, I'll know when I see it. I said, well, you better start seeing it because it's almost Christmas. <laughs> I finally sent him something last week, but <laughs> it's hard. Shopping is not fun. It's easier for little kids, isn't it? It's so easy for little kids because they want everything that's on TV. And there's more on TV now than there ever was when my kids were little. And I thought there was a lot on TV. And they only want one of each. What's the problem, Mom, Dad? We're not gritty. We just want one. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of a hassle that, with Christmas. And it's a high-effort holiday, isn't it? I mean, we have low-effort holidays. We have Memorial Day and Labor Day when all you do is maybe have a cookout or something. No big deal. You get off work. You just visit with family and stuff like that. And then we have the 4th of July. It's kind of a medium-effort holiday. Oh, we may go out and put up a flag, a lot of work. We go watch the parade, maybe. We usually go watch the parade in town every year. And maybe take the drive to the kids fireworks. Medium effort. But then we hit Christmas, and I'm not kidding you, like uh, Rich said earlier, they start it, Pastor Sheldon did one of them anyway, after Halloween, they got the stuff out already. And the kids, or, and before, yeah, and the kids are taking them to the store. You hate to take your kids to the store, don't you, if they're little. Christmas, yay! And they start ramping up, and I'm not kidding you, it's trying to baptize a cat, isn't it, the closer it gets to Christmas. Has any of you ever tried to baptize a cat? <laughs> Pastor Sheldon and Jess have a dog, and it's a little one, and, it, and it, it's, it's a fiery one. Fiona, and we try to put their little harness on her to go somewhere. It's like baptizing a cat. You sit there, and you have two people, and you get one leg in, and the other one in, and the other one's out. And I think, of, man, this is a hassle. But that's what Christmas is like. It's high effort. It's a job just trying to keep the kids calm down. When they're little, when they get a little older, it's not, as, you know, it's not as bad, but they still get excited about Christmas, our kids did when they were teenagers, and uh, so and that's okay, as long as we put the meaning of Christmas there. Yeah. See, that's the secret. You know, we get so involved in the holidays and the shopping and everything else that we forget it's Christmas. <coughs> I love Christmas, because people change, turn into human beings at this time of year. Have you noticed that? You go to the store, and they may run you over, but they'll say, I'm sorry. And they may even help pick you up. <laughs> you know, they will. But the time of the year, forget it, you're down, oh, get out of my way. Or they run you over, and, and they look at you and say, aren't you going to say, I'm sorry? <laughs> That's the world we live in, isn't it? <laughs> But Christmas, something happens. It, it's in the air. I, I say it's magical, but it's not really magical. It's a time when the love of God, I think, is more acceptable. And so when the love of God is more acceptable, it changes the environment we live in. You want the world to change? Share the love of God. Because Christmas is that time of year when the love of God is expressed more than any other time. Even to people that don't may not have a manger scene and all they got is, is Santa Clauses and stuff and, and reindeer and whatever. I was kinda laughing when I saw this Christmas movie because I like to watch Christmas movies movies. And they had one where the, the store ordered too many lights, so they decided they would have a contest in the in the community and give them one hour of free shopping for the best house. So I met everybody goes crazy and draws it through the whole extreme, like we usually do, isn't it? I'm at people had decorators and, and all kinds of stuff and they had I'm a can you look like a lighted village, you know, sunlight in the middle of the night because there's so many lights and so many decorations on the street, and then when they went to judge. The, um, well, when they, while this was going on, the one guy was going to de- was decorating his house and the father who had a, um, a touch of Alzheimer's. Come out and said, what are you doing? This isn't Christmas. Get all this stuff out of here. I am not having this. You leave my house. And so the son said, okay. He said, oh, I won't. He took all the decorations that there were. And he just put up some simple decorations uh, like his father wanted. And when they came to judge all the houses and all the lights and they turned them on, it blew a transformer. And all the lights went out. So no one was gonna win until he looked at this one house with its simple decorations, with just a manger scene and some candles all around. And I thought, yes, <laughs> yes. All right, and they may not have known it, but that was great for me, I'll tell you, that's a Pentecostal dancing system. Because that's what it's about. We get so involved in the glitter and so involved in all the other kind of stuff, we forget that this is what Christmas is about. Just a simple little decoration to remind us what it's about. Inside of Christmas, because Christmas has Christ in it. Yeah. So that's why I want to make people say it. Christmas, it's not holiday So we need to start correcting that. But the, I know that we hear this every year. If Christmas isn't about the gifts and all that, it's about the things money can't buy, it's about love and charity and and being in family and all this other kind of stuff, and we know that, and we hear it every year, but see, those are things that are supposed to happen year-round. We aren't just supposed to say, as believers, all of a sudden, it's Christmas, okay, i got to be nice to people. No, we should be nice to people all the time. We should love people all the time. We should be kind all the time as believers. So when we knock somebody over, we say, I'm sorry, and help them up, even when it's not Christmas time. I try not to knock people over, but I've been knocked over a few times by people. And I'm just looking at them like, oh, God, just give me one minute, I'll fix this problem. You say, oh, pastor, you don't do that. Yes, I do. Because inside me, there's still that old little person looking for an opportunity to get out. And I try to push it back in, and I'm glad that God, God gets it under control a lot of the time. But we're supposed to do those things all the time. But Christmas is the one time of year when people try to make an extra effort to find meaning in Christmas. This is when many people have, make an effort to find what it's all about. They want to look into the heart of God and see what is all this stuff? Especially when you get so frazzled with the holidays and and you're sitting, oh man, what is this all about? How do I get in this mess every year? And we vow we won't ever do it again. But every year it's the same thing. But there are people out there that look for the opportunity to say, I just want to get a glimpse of God. Let me see something in this holiday, besides all the tinsel, besides all the decorations. Let me find something here to touch my heart. Because I want to see God. I want to see this God that this holiday is all about. Now, they may not say that verbally, but I can guarantee you that our heart is crying out for it. Because God put that void in our lives. And every Christmas time when it, when it rolls around and we look and we pass a manger scene. That's why they want to get rid of all the manger scenes on public buildings and property. Because they don't want us to know. They want to take the Ten Commandments out of our government courtrooms. Why? Because the lawyers aren't, aren't very the most honest people all the time, are they? <laughs> and they don't want to be reminded, thou shalt not lie. <laughs> that's, that's history. But see, that's why they don't want it there. But we drive by, the people that don't know God, they drive by and they get a glimpse of a manger. And in their heart, maybe something clicks. And they, they have a desire in their heart to know God. So maybe this year, something will work. So maybe this year, I will be able to find the meaning of that manger. Because everybody has that desire, well, they will admit it at all. Luke 2, 1-20. to And in those days, what did I write the wrong ones? Okay. I missed the first part of it. Okay, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman Empire. This was the first census that took place while Curius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth and in Galilee to to, Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He there went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be, to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, that time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds, finally, now I get to what I put up there. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And, there, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings that with grail cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You haven't got to the next couple slides there. Now the next one. All right. When the angels had left them and gone and... Into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, "Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about." So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed in their heart. Or amazed, what the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, which they which were just as they had been told. You know, I know that we read this Christmas story every year, and, and sometimes we understand it a little bit better. And I know that I preached a message about who the shepherds were, but to highlight it for you, just in short, condensed version, Bethlehem was a town just outside where the temple was. And this particular area is where the temple sheep were raised, and they had to be perfect for sacrifice, so these sheep were raised to be sacrificed in the temple, so these were just, these were special shepherds, these weren't just people, oh, wow, I got something, I'm so excited, I just got to tell somebody, and I'm just going to go to first available person, no, God never does works that way, he has a purpose for everything that he does, and every part of this story was recorded for a certain purpose. And we have to dig stuff out. See, I was telling Rich earlier today, I said, God didn't call us to read his word. He called us to study his word to show ourselves approved. You want to find meaning in stuff? You're not going to find it just by reading. You're going to find it by studying. You're going to have to dig a little deeper than just the surface because there's a lot of stuff in here. And you wouldn't know this in this story unless you studied it. But you're blessed with a pastor who dug it out for you. So basically the angels were coming to the sheep, shepherds, that took care of these special temple sheep, saying the one that it was coming to, be, to forgive, to die for the sin, the our ultimate sacrifice is being born, and you're going to be out of a job. Now, I don't know whether they're going to get a blue slip or not, or a pink slip, whatever they are, but basically that's what it was, So that's why he went there first. They were the first to know, because they were the first ones who dealt with it hands-on. So, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Man, she had a lot going on in her heart, didn't she? Now, the world was very busy in Mary's day, busier than what she wanted. See, they had a, to travel to their hometown to be taxed and registered. Now, while it wouldn't have been a lot of fun, I don't know where you were born. My, my, my birthplace is a little closer, up in Salt Lake area. But can you imagine if you lived in New York, <laughs> or you lived in Argentina, <laughs> wherever it was, and you had to go there to be registered and pay your taxes. Now, luckily, we don't have to do that. They send census people out to take our, our registers and that. And they do it, the government has done everything they can to make sure that they put, get your money for taxes, don't they? They are very, very thorough in most cases to make sure you're giving them enough money by April 15th. And uh, if you need an extra deduction by the end of the year, the church is a tax deductible deduction, just just saying. Yeah. You know, it could bump you into a lower tax bracket. About to check those things out. It's, next year's getting close. So Mary and Joseph, they had to go. And I, I know that Mary, this is the last thing Mary wanted to do. I mean, I know when I was pregnant and at that time, you know, toward the last of your pregnancy, I was pregnant during Christmas one year with my oldest son. And I was supposed to have been given birth on the Christmas. But he was late by nine days. Cost me a tax deduction that year, I want you to know. <laughs> but I know how miserable it is at Christmas. Of course, it's more miserable for us than they say. Any labor pains yet? Any labor? Ready to go to the hospital yet? Oh, come on, let's, you know. And I had to live with this for until the end of the year. Want to do the first New Year's baby. So I know how miserable you are at that time. And the last thing I want to do is sit on a donkey and travel to Bethlehem. I have—it's not high on my list of things to do. Top ten list: ride a donkey to Bethlehem and give birth in a stable. It wasn't there, but she had no choice. She had to go. But of course, God uses circumstances to get you from point A to point B. Would they have went otherwise? No they would not have went because Mary was too far along pregnant. So they wouldn't have went. So God had to nudge the situation. And if you're in a situation you don't want to be in, maybe God's nudging the situation for you. So but <clears throat> so they're in this stable because they can't find a place to live, which would be irritating enough. And I imagine she yelled at Joseph, why don't you call ahead and get a room? Can't you see I'm pregnant? So they made do... <coughs> and while they were there, of course, Jesus was born. Now, the, most of the people <coughs> in Bethlehem and the, that area didn't know anything about a baby and could probably care less about him. Didn't make any difference to them, one way or the other. It wasn't a special event to them. They could care less. They were forced to be there, pay their taxes, same as they were, they wanted to do it and go home. The world hasn't changed much, has it? We live in a world that wants to do the same thing. They don't care about this little baby in the manger that was born. We're, I'm humbug. I'm tired of Christmas. I don't want anything to do with it. Well, if that's you this morning, simplify. Make your emphasis on this and not on this. See, there's two symbols. I'm not saying you can't have both because obviously... I'm for this because when I see the Christmas tree, I'm not seeing a cultic thing that people worship. I'm seeing an opportunity to testify how God lights up my life and takes the ugliness of my life and makes it beautiful. Without those decorations, that tree isn't really much to look at. i mean, sure it'd be all right, I guess, better than brown, ugly. But because of the decorations that God, or that we put on the tree, makes it beautiful. And the same thing happens to our life. God decorated my life. If you, if you think I'm ugly this morning, you should have seen me before Jesus. God isn't done with me yet, so I've I still got some rough edges, and I gotta, God's got to hang a few lights, some other places, and some ornaments. But, but basically, I look at that, and that's what I'm reminded of, not of the other stuff. I don't get involved in that. Don't get involved with the people and argue with them. Well, Christmas isn't even his birthday. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I know that. But it's when we celebrate it. I've had one birthday in my life, and it was in January. I think January the 20th or something. Why, because my birthday's December 26th, just in case you want to buy me a present. (laughs) So I know what it's like to to be born and wrapped up in all this stuff. And I had a twin sister too. And I wasn't supposed to be born until February. So when I was born, I didn't even have a diaper. Of course, I was a perfect child. I didn't need one. I was already born and went up and was house broke already. <laughs> so but the world hasn't changed much, but there is a difference today. I'm feeling just kind of a little growing rumbling. Maybe it's because the people have had enough with the leadership that we've had, and we're starting to make changes, and people are a little more interested in spiritual things. They may be looking for them in all the wrong places. They are, aren't they? They're looking for in all the wrong places, trying to find meeting or whatever, and there was a song about that, looking for love in all the wrong places. That was very popular. I told my sister, you're looking for love in the wrong places. You keep going to the same rock, and whatever claws out, you marry. Three times she did that. I thought, man, what will you learn? See, I'm smarter than she is, right? I finally made it right, and I'm perfect, you know, as far as that goes. With his white beard back there, he's kind of, <laughs> and a red shirt. And <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, I got a red and green, I, I got candy cane earrings on, I'm really, I, I was looking for something that was going flashing, but I didn't find it. Anyway, <clears throat> so, but there is an interest in, in spiritual things now. And under a lot of Christmas trees this year, you're going to find spiritual books. You're going to find Bibles. I remember one year for Christmas, I gave everybody in my family a Bible. Every single one. And I had their name printed on the front of it. Because then I gave it to them in faith, knowing that they were going to find God and be saved. And most of them were. Because you put their name on it, they're never going to throw it away. We like our name. So if you give them Bibles, have it embossed with their name so they have to look at it and maybe, you know, and pray over it. But nothing we do for God sharing the word is we're void. <coughs> So, <clears throat> but there's a lot of interest. But no matter how busy we are, we long to be touched by an angel, don't we? At Christmas time. And there was that famous show that was on for a while. It was very popular. Touched by an angel? How many of you watched it? It was a great, you know, show. It, it very, very uplifting. I don't think it was a lot of, very much if it was a lot of biblical, but it doesn't matter. It was interest in God. And it was pushing it that direction. But they want, everybody wants to be touched by an angel. Everybody wants to see the angels singing. Hark the hell angels sing, won't we? And Harold is not the angel's name. <laughs> so, but there's a lot of interest in it. Spiritual books aren't, an, aren't the answer. You know, after Christmas, and they read this stuff and they do this stuff, but it's not the answer. There's still an emptiness there because they don't understand what it's all about. The latest religion they found was okay, but after a while it's confusing because the parts just don't fit to them. They don't understand it. So they're still looking. Most people after the holidays are a little down. They're a little disappointed, and they don't know why. Well, the reason they don't know why is because they didn't find the reason for the season. They didn't find God in what they're looking for. They're looking for it in all the wrong places and all the wrong things. So let's walk into the stable this morning and just kind of see, stand by Mary and see what she saw. What does she see? She's seen a baby lying in a manger, and if she looked in that baby's face, I'm sure she remembered the promise of God made her. Because, you know, it's one thing to have a promise of God, but when it takes birth inside you and you get pregnant with that promise, because Mary got pregnant with the promise of God, didn't she? If you're not getting a promise of God, you got to get pro- pregnant with that promise. You got to receive and say, okay, I believe. Amen. She believed and she relieved. And she didn't care what the world said about that. She didn't care whether there was approval or whatever it is. She bore that, carried that promise of God within her. And she, when she gave birth, she was looking into the face of God and she could see the heart of God. And I'm sure all those promises that she heard came back to her and said, pondered these things in her heart. Then the shepherds show up, and they tell them what they, that the angels come and told them what they told them. And, you know, she's all right. <laughs> and I'm sure that she was so excited when all these stinky shepherds come in here to want to see her baby. I know you mothers would have just been thrilled about that, especially your first child. Your first child, those are the ones we practice on, isn't it? They're the ones we don't let people we see from afar, we don't let them touch, because you're germs, carry germs. You know, go wash your hands. Isn't it? That's where we are. So if we had a bunch of stinky shepherds come into our house to see our newborn baby, would we let them grab a gather around? Oh, goochie, goochie, goo. No, back away from the manger. Back away. Don't touch. But the second child, then we say, Oh, come on in, look. That by the third child, they say, here, newborn baby, take him. I want to go take a nap. (laughs) That's the way it is, isn't it? (laughs) So finally, the the shepherds leave, and Mary ponders all these things in her heart. Now, I don't know about that pondering stuff, but I imagine she's thinking about it and wondering, and and all these things just going through her mind. And it's been an exciting time, I guess, in some ways. Because as she ponders everything in her heart, she realizes that everything the world needs, everything her friends and family needs is right there in that manger she's looking at. Everything we need, everything the friends in our family needs, everything the world needs is in that manger. And we ponder it in our hearts, knowing we have the truth. We know why Christmas is so special. We know why we we sing carols. We know the the reason for all those carols that were sung. I know when I sang that one song, that last song we sang. That was some of those verses I'd never heard before, and yet the words are so awesome in there. Sure, we sing the first verse, cause we know them, but then we get the other verses, we don't know them. But there's so much meaning in those words, and I like music because music, when we see it, operates a a part of our brain. When we, when we sing it and hear music, it operates our, other parts of our brain. So our whole brain and body is involved when we see and we sing songs. Did you know that? That's why uh, the world uses songs to educate our kids. You know, if they're they on Sesame Street, they learn their ABCs, they learn how to count from Count Dracula or Count Gelo, whatever it was. Why? Because it works. It involves our whole mind, and they can easily remember it. So that's why they do it. <clears throat> the key to understanding God, the key to understanding the meaning of life, the key to understanding everything is right there, lying in that manger. Then Mary lifts up the baby, and she hands him to us, and we kind of awkwardly take him. And it, it, isn't it funny when you when you see the new dads with a baby? First time they hold the dad. The dad, you know, sometimes they have these big bruising guys, and they're this little teeny baby, and they're <laughs> probably the most uncomfortable, intimidated there are in their whole lives. But here we are, and we have a choice, and we've been handed the Son of God. And we look in that face and realize this isn't just a baby. This is the Son of God we're holding. You know, I can't even imagine Mary looking at that little baby and realizing all those things and how in the world she could comprehend it. But here we are holding the Son of God. And we look his face and realizing that it is God. Oh, I can't drop the baby. Don't drop the baby, Sandra. And we have everything here in our arms that the world needs. Put up the next slide. While the rest of the world runs around from one spiritual guru to the next, while the rest of the world is channel surfing from one Christmas special to the next, while the rest of the world reads spiritual books, sings about chestnuts and snowflakes, while the rest of the world is looking for meaning, while the rest of the world is looking for peace and joy, while the rest of the world is looking for God, there we are in the quiet of the night, away from the hustle and bustle, looking into the face of this child, looking into the heart of God. Why would God, the Creator of the universe, be born as a baby, as a child? Well, first of all, babies are cute, aren't they? You know, it's very hard, especially for women, to resist a baby. You know, they want to go, "Oh, can I pick it up? Can I hold it?" Especially if you're and your husbands are going, "Don't get any ideas." (laughs) But they're so cute, and they don't intimidate us, and we love babies, don't we? except when they need to be changed and they cry. (laughs) But we just love babies. And that's why I think God sent him as, as a child. Because he said, this is love. A perfect form of love. Someone that won't intimidate anyone. He could have sent him as a conqueror, just as easy. But he didn't. He knew they would accept a baby. But he's going to come again as a conqueror. And at that time, every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it will happen. But this time, he came as a child. No intimidation. Someone that's easy for us to accept. Easy for us to love. God in flesh. That's what Emmanuel means. It means God with us. These people don't believe Jesus is God. You better cut that out of your song service. Emmanuel. God is with him. He said he will be called Emmanuel which means God is with us, and that's what it's about. So then, we look outside the stable, and we see the stars out there at night, the bright stars. And and we look out, and we see that one star is especially shining bright. And we're kind of gazing at it as, as we look, and we move around, all of a sudden, a shadow crosses the face of that child. And that shadow is the shadow of a cross. And we realize that this baby, the love of God, is one day going to grow up. And we know how he's going to die. And it kind of breaks our heart to realize that. But then we can't help but be happy about it because we know that because of that death, we're redeemed. And he doesn't stay dead. He rises from the dead. But at that instant, we're reminded that there's a shadow on that manger, the shadow of a cross cross that he will die on for you and for me now this baby that is born here when he grows up and dies on that cross he's going to pay the price for our sin all the mistakes we've made everything that we've ever done in our life will be gone because of this child if we accept him not as a child but as a savior but we have it starts here salvation didn't start even in the manger it started at the foundation of the world before sin even entered the world God had a plan. Yes. Nothing surprises God. He knows everything that is going to happen from the end to the beginning. He knows everything's going to happen in your life. He knows everything about your Christmas this year and how you're going to celebrate it. He's going to know if you're going to uh, keep him in your Christmas or you're going to shut him out. He knows that. So then we give the baby back to Mary. And after we do, we kind of just glance one more time at that child and we see forgiveness. We see God's love, and we've seen his mercy, because that's what Christmas is about. It's not just about a manger. That's just where it starts for us in this human life that we have, and we celebrate the birth of Christ, because it's this most special day on the earth. It was the day that God took on the form of man and humbled himself to be born in a manger. And a manger isn't a funny little, you know, nice little thing that we see on the things. It was a place where they fed the cows and the horses the cattle. It was a place where they, you know, threw the food for the animals. That's where he was born. As parents, I wouldn't even want to lay my kid there. (laughs) But that's where he was born. And he's going to humble himself even further when he dies on the cross. Christmas is all about giving. Christmas isn't about what we give. It's about what we get. See, God, we don't chase God. God's chasing us. This is the first sign where God is chasing us. He wants to get our attention away from all the hustle and bustle of the world and be focused on that aspect of Christmas because that's what it's about. That's the reason for the season. The gifts and the gatherings, all the things that goes on and all the hustle and bustle, you know, we think, oh, man, it's tiring and everything. But those are God's blessing to us. It's a time for family and friends and gathering and having fun and good times and all that. But that's where it starts. It's because of that child, born in a manger, God with us, that we have Christmas and why we celebrate it and why the world is trying to destroy it because if they realize who he is, their life has to change. Now, we've held the baby in our arms, and we've accepted his gift this morning. And most of us here are believers. But maybe you're here this morning, and you haven't. Maybe you celebrate Christmas, and yeah, you tell your kids about the manger, and the shepherd, and the wise men, and all that other kind of stuff, trying to add it to your Christmas. But it's external. See, Christmas was meant to be eaten internal, something we receive. You know, they say the best gifts are given. That's right. But the biggest gift God given, gave was receiving for us. Have you received him this morning? Do you know him? Every time you look at a, at a manger scene or say the word Christmas, remember, it's God's gift to you. Christmas is a gift to you and to me. And I'm thankful for that gift, and I praise God for it. Do you know him this morning? Have you accepted him as your personal Savior? If you haven't, this Christmas is going to end meaningless. And you'll just be exhausted after the holidays and all the stuff you've done, and you remain empty. But if you have Christ in your heart, in your Christmas, it don't matter whether you have Christmas all alone. doesn't matter whether you're in a group of people. doesn't matter what your circumstances are. If you have Christ in your heart, you have Christmas, and you can celebrate Christmas. Do you know him this morning? Let's pray. I pray, seven Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy and grace. Lord, and I know that most of us here this morning are believers, but I pray, Lord, that just in case there's that one that doesn't know you, I pray, Lord, that this morning, Lord, they'll make that decision to receive Christmas into their heart. Not only the the baby in the manger, but the Christ that died on the cross for our sin, the one that rose from the dead, so that one day we will also live again, Lord. So I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Join here this morning and say, I don't know God, but I want to. I've heard about Christmas my whole life and all the other stuff that goes with it. But I haven't accepted God's gift. We have to. Otherwise, there's there's a present-looking box under that tree there this morning. It's going to sit there for another year or another day or another week unless you take it and receive it unto yourself. And it's amazing, you know. It's a magical gift. Not, I don't like the word magic, but that kind of tells us, because we kind of can grasp that, can't we? Because as we, we open that gift, it's the gift that keeps on giving. We receive salvation. We receive blessing. We receive peace. We receive joy. We receive all these things from this one gift. It's the gift that truly keeps on giving. Do you know him? anyone here this morning? Okay.